All right. Good morning, Highlight Church. Praise God. So good to see you all this morning. We are finishing our series today entitled The Winter Circle. Um, man, that did that again. Entitled The Winter Circle. We are in week five of this series. And uh, today is the end of it. Next week, we're starting a brand new series. And I want to make a, an update announcement. Um, I said we were going to start the series on overcoming fear. Um, but I was, I was in prayer uh, about a week ago week and a half ago or so, and it's like God shifted, shifted my heart in our direction. So next week, we're going to start a series entitled The Highly Unlikely. Yeah. And uh, all throughout Scripture, you see God um, call and, and take the most unlikely people to do the most amazing things. Oh, yeah. And so it's going to be a, a series of encouragement. And um, I love the Bible because the Bible is God-breathed. Um, According to Paul the Apostle, it's God-inspired. So uh, even though it was written by man, as man was inspired by God, they wrote. And so when you get into this thing, when you believe it and you live it out, um, no matter who you are, where you come from, whatever your background is, you can do phenomenal things. You don't have to just exist. You can thrive and change the world and, and make impact for the kingdom of God. That's going to be exciting uh, next month. But we got to finish this. And, uh, you know, I don't know what it is. In Ephesians, we did three and a half months of the book of Ephesians, verse by verse. Go back to our podcast over the summer. It's like 20 million messages. Um, but, you know, I didn't get tired. I'm, you know, I, lo- I love the series, but I'm kind of just ready to move on. So we're going to finish it strong. Today we're going to talk about the winner's mentality. The winner's mentality as we approach uh, the winner circle finish line. I was doing um, some homework with uh, Jaziel, and well, he was doing his homework, and, and he brought it to me, and uh, it, was, it was language homework. He uh, brought me his writing, and he's a phenomenal kid. He's gifted. They've given him extra work and all this stuff, and we're so proud of him as parents. He's done amazing things as a, as a young man, and we just pray that he would continue on that trajectory. Um, but I was looking at his assignment uh, this past week, and uh, he, you're looking at his sentences, and you see just little mistakes. And we always tell Jay, son, slow down. Slow down. You're smart enough. If you would, if you would just slow down, you would get this thing right. If you would just think it through, you would get this right. So we see where at the beginning of a sentence, um, his letters are lowercase. And at the end of a sentence, there's no punctuation. Uh, and then there's simple words like took, where he's spelling T-U-K or T-O-U-K. Simple words like give, where he's doing uh, G-I-F instead of G-I-V-E. It's just simple things. And so we'll stop and we'll ask him, hey, son, I'm getting some feedback over here. Hey, son, um, how do you spell give? Just looking at him, he'll say, oh, G-I-V-E. Right, so why didn't you put it on the paper? And then he'll do it. Hey, what goes here at the end of this sentence? Is this a question? Is it a statement? Is it an expression? What goes here at the end of this sentence? He'll look at it and, oh, I'm supposed to put a period. Okay, I see something. It looks like a comma. It looks sort of erased. I need you to darken that thing in. 
hey, what goes here? Is this the end of a sentence, the middle, or the beginning of a sentence? This is the beginning. What's the issue here? Oh, that's supposed to be a capital letter. Correct. What's going on? I've come to find out in life that um, a lot of, of winning and, and growth and progression and betterment has to do with erasing and undoing the wrong that we've learned for so long or the habits that we've gotten into um, for so long, undoing those things. And that sometimes it takes time. And God's grace is with you. He wants to help you undo your past mistakes and habits. And he wants to help you uh, uh, heal from your past hurts and your past pains. That's what his grace is for. His grace is defined as an unmerited gift. It means you don't have to work for it. You just have to trust him and believe. And so um, not just undoing the wrong, but replacing it with the right. Replacing it with the right stuff. And so Paul says, we don't have the verse, just follow me. This is the anchor verse today in Philippians 3.16. Because remember for this series, the anchor was Philippians 3.10 through 16. He says that, you know, I press on for the high calling and the prize, which is in Jesus Christ. He's saying that God has given me a calling. There are people that need to hear the good news of Jesus. And um, I got to go all across the world by foot, by ship, by boat and all this stuff. And I'm going to suffer all this stuff. And I know that heaven is my prize and I'm going to be there with Jesus one day. But as long as I'm here, I have a race to run. There are people that need me to wake up. To, to stop thinking about myself, to start thinking about them. And he says, I'm going to run after these things. And in verse 16, he says this. The prize is there. I got to press in. I got to focus for it. I got to go the distance. Last week, you got to check out the podcast. And he says this in verse 16. He says, let all of us who are spiritually mature agree on these things. And he says, for those of you that aren't, he said, I believe God will reveal it to you eventually. But he says, let us hold on to the progress that we've made. He's talking to the church in Philippi. He said, let all of, the, all of those of us who are spiritually mature agree. All of those of us who have said yes to Jesus, let us not stay with the milk-based diet. We got to move on to steak and potato. Studying, and we have to move on to steak and potato living. It was never God's plan for you to just say, you know, this is, this is where I am, stuck in sin, um, without Christ. If I die now, hell is my destiny. If I lift my hand on a Sunday and give my heart to Christ, heaven is my destiny. It was ne it's never God's desire for you to just stop right here. So he said, let all of us who are spiritually mature agree on this. That we're going to move forward. We're going to have a winner's mentality. Let us agree that there's much more in store for your future. Much more purpose, much more power, freedom. You, you got a calling to this world. God doesn't just want you to stay here. And so we're going to read a story. I'm going to circle back around with Papa Caleb. And um, Moses has brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. The word Egypt means sin. And they crossed the Red Sea. God did a mighty miracle when he extended his staff across the Red Sea. Pharaoh was getting all of his chariots and his army to follow them, and they're panicking. And Moses is like, see the deliverance of the Lord. And he puts 
out of staff in the Red Sea parts. God wants to part the Red Sea in your life. And so they cross over on dry ground, and it, it, it's crazy. It's like looking at wells and, 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 and fish and sharks and, and the pipe and drape, and you're just crossing over like, wow, this is crazy. And, and to this day, historically, you can, you can go and Google it. You can take a trip yourself. People paid to take these trips. At the bottom of, see, y'all don't be believing God. At the bottom of the Red Sea, there are chariot wheels and, and chariot cases where you actually see historically that Pharaoh tried to come behind God's children. And when they attempted to do what God did without God, they got drowned. And so they went on across the Red Sea and they enter into a wilderness. They spent some time there. And God said, you know, I'm going to take you from a life of sin. I'm going to take you to a life of fulfillment. Got to press on for that fulfillment. Jesus saves you, but he doesn't give you everything. When you say yes to him, you got to press on to everything God has for you. And he says, um, he says, all right, before we enter the promised land, I got to send in some spies. And I need you to search out the land. So they search it out. They come back with, with fruit. And uh, we're going to jump into the story right here in Numbers chapter 13, verse 21. And it says this. So they went up and explored the land from uh, the wilderness of Zin, as far as Rehob, near Labo Hamath. I'm going to skip a lot of these words. Going north, they passed through the Negev and arrived at Hebron. Let's skip down to verse 23. When they came to the valley of Eshcol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes, so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. I wonder which two actually carried the grapes. I think it was Joshua and Caleb. And uh, it says this, they also brought back samples of pomegranates and figs, that place was called the Valley of Eshcol, which means cluster. Because of the cluster of grapes, the Israelite men cut there. Verse 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, they had a month and a half, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, which is Moses' brother. He was a leader in, in the community. And the whole community of Israel at Kadesh, this is the, the border of the promised land. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore. It is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. Got to understand that the promised land is a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. This is a, is a typology of sorts. We're going to do a series in the future called um, Types and Shadows. Jesus is revealed in every book of the scripture. There are 66 books in the Bible. He's revealed in every single one of them. And I love it. It says he br they brought back fruit, and they're like, here it is. So what I want to do is pull out uh, four principles regarding the winner's mentality. And uh, not principles, but thoughts. But um, winners understand that winning is as good as it looks. Winning is, in fact, as good as it looks. How about this? Do you, do, you like, um, do you like this red velvet cheesecake? You know, it was um, for so long in my life, I missed out on this. My grandma always tried to put me on red velvet cheesecake, Cheesecake Factory. You got to check it out. Hey, if you ever want to get me anything for my birthday, and you don't know what to get me. Please don't give me a card. Give me red velvet cheesecake. 
even though I accept cards. Um, how about this? A nice beach getaway. How many of you all were able to get to the beach this past summer? Phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, we made it down to Florida, but man, uh, I hear that there are some of the nicest beaches across the world. I haven't been able to get to a lot of beaches. I'm a Florida boy, but a nice old beach. It is as good as it looks. And now that it's getting cold, nothing better than a beach right now. How about this? Yeah. There it is. I got to loosen y'all up, man. Y'all be out here. So this is Papa Abu and baby Damien. And you see how happy Papa Abu is. He's leaving church with uh, his baby from HL Kids. And so HL Kids is as good as it looks when you pick up your kids. Um, you can take that down now. That's going to be a major distraction. Don't go to my next verse. Go to my first point. Thank you. All right. Amazing. Give it up for EJ, everybody. He is phenomenal. You know, a few years back, God um, placed a lot of mentors in Kyra and I's life. Um, today is extremely practical. So if you're looking for me to read Bible, go back to the Ephesians podcast. I need to help, I need to help you today. You can't live historical context. So I need, I need to help you out. So God um, sent a lot of mentors in our lives um, a few years back, and we had the, uh, the, the opportunity to go to their homes um, to see that, man, this person, is, these people have been married for 15 years, and uh, their kids are serving the Lord, and their kids love God, and goodness gracious, there's a such thing as debt-free with an 800 credit score. Um, there's a such thing as perfect credit, debt-free, love God, um, influence, world changers in the world. And we've had the, the privilege of, of knowing some of these people, both locally and all the way across the nation, all the way out to the West Coast and here. And uh, it's almost as if every time we visited their homes or we were in their presence, it's like God was giving us a sample. It's like he was giving us a sample of what he had promised to us as a couple. And I mean, this was back in our dating and our engagement phase, because I believe you should have a dream. You should have something that you're believing for that's far greater than where you presently are. And so when we would get around the presence of these people, it's like, man, this is a sample um, that if both of us collectively would serve Jesus and if we would love him and press into his promises and believe him for what he says this is what God wants to do in our lives and so he gave us a sample when we were around people and uh, the thing about it is is that God doesn't want us to be stuck with a sample he doesn't want us to be stuck with a sample he doesn't want us to be stuck with a sample because when we only have a sample of God's goodness we fall into the trap of wishing that we were here. We're here and we wish. We, man, I wish my life was like theirs. And, you know, I wish my life was this, and I wish I had this, and I wish I could do this, and I wish I had this influence. And when we get stuck in our wishes, we become a witness. We begin to watch, and we begin to judge our lives and compare our lives based on how God is moving in the lives of others not understanding that, look, we serve the same God, the same God that loves them loves us, the same God that blesses them wants to bless us. And so Psalms 34 verse 8 says this. It says, taste and see 
that the Lord is good. He says, there's no need to wish. There's no need to be a witness to the goodness of God and the lives of others. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Watch this. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. This word taste does not just taste a sample. This word taste means to discern. It's deeper than that. In the Hebrew, it means discern. It means test, take the word of God, test the word of God, don't give up on the word of God. It means put your faith in Jesus, trust Jesus, stick with the one who loves you, and discern if his will is good. Discern and figure out if his love is sufficient. Discern and stick with him and watch him move in your life. Because it says, oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. So th this is what it is. Like, so if God put us around godly couples and godly men and godly women, and we, we've seen the result of their lives, and this is the common denominator for all of them. It hasn't been easy, but there's one thing we've always done. The common denominator is hold on to Jesus. And, and this is the fruit of it. So they just come back with, we just said the promised land is the, a, a shadow of Jesus. And they came back with the fruit of it. But the problem was is that they hadn't yet taken the land, so all they had was a sample. And so we, we're being around these people, and we, we don't just have to have a sample. All we got to do is just take refuge in him and trust what he says and grow in him and get connected with the right people. And don't get discouraged on Wednesday. Don't get discouraged on Thursday. I've been a year walking with Jesus and nothing has changed. Don't get discouraged in a year. I've been 11 years. Don't get discouraged. He doesn't want you to be stuck with a sample. He doesn't want you to be stuck with a piece of his promise. I got to help you today. I got to help you today because God wants more for you. And guess what? If you see others winning in the context of following Christ, it's because you can win too. You can have healthy relationships. You can find purpose. You can make a difference. Winning is as good as it looks. And trust God. And so Numbers uh, 13 verse 28 says this. It says, but the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The word Anak means long-necked men. And he goes on to say here that uh, we saw the giants of Anak. Verse 29, the Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, the Canaanites live along the coast, the Mediterranean Sea, and along the valley. The people living there are very powerful their towns and their walls. The second thing is winners understand this. The winner's mentality understands that obstacles are not, an op are not optional. Obstacles are not optional. Obstacles are not optional. These walls were 20 feet thick, 25 feet tall. 20 feet thick, 25 feet tall. And the men were anywhere between seven to nine feet tall. Long-necked men. 
And so there were 10 spies who saw these obstacles, and they chose to back down. There are 10 spies who showed up to work, clocked in, started complaining, and they didn't make it to what God had for them five years down the road. We got to start thinking futuristically where you are. Obstacles are not optional. You know, a few years back, I started asking God to bless my life and and use me. We're going to do J-Baz in in the next sermon series. J-Baz means um, born out of pain. And so he prayed this big prayer. He said, Lord, bless me, expand my territory. And um, he prayed, Lord, bless me. You can pray, Lord, bless you. And as soon as you pray that, guess what's going to happen? He's going to send obstacles your way. He's going to send an argument your way. He's going to send something your way. And obstacles can be so discouraging at times, they can actually make you feel small. So instead of even trying to climb the obstacle, God is actually at times, in a sense, setting it up to where you must go under and you must humble yourself and you must trust him in the midst of the obstacle. And, and so I started to feel as though, God, yeah, you got great plans for my life, but you're, you're making me get on out of here. You know, like you get obstacles in your life and sometimes they can make, make you feel powerless and ineffective. And uh, it's just what it is. So I started to... Um, to ask the Lord, like, God, I want to be a lead pastor one day. I think that was back in 2013, 2012. And he said, okay, I need you to be a volunteer. I need you to lay down kids' mats. I need you to be unseen. I need you to pray over the mats and pray over the children. I need you to fix the coffee. I need you to pray over the pastor. He said, you want to be a pastor? I need you to go through a season, season of insignificance. I said, Lord, I want to be a great father one day. I've met this great girl. I'm going to marry her. He said, all right, I'm going to give you a child that's not biologically yours. You're going to serve him, and you're going to love him. You're going to love him how I loved you. I said, Jesus, I want to have financial margin in my life. I want to be debt-free by the time I'm 35 years old. This is back in 2014. And God said, all right, I'm going to give you a job as a minister. You're going to make $500 every two weeks with a family of four. And your wife is going to go on bed rest, four months pregnant. And I need you to go on welfare and have food stamps. I said, Lord, I want to be a person of great influence. I want to have great endurance. God, I want to wake up early and go to bed late. He said, all right, between the transition of your previous church and starting Highlight Church, I'm giving you a job from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Then you got to get up every day at 11 a.m. because your wife needs your help to take care of your two children. And you guys are moving in a year to start a church. And you got to lead that team. I said, Lord, I want Highlight Church to have global influence one day. I don't care how long it takes. We're going to reach the world, not just the city of Gaithersburg. He said, all right, well, I'm going to give you two people to lead. 
Kyra and Chris. You want these big things, but you got to start small. You got to be faithful in the obstacle. You got to be faithful in the unseen. You got to be faithful when no one's praising you. You got to be faithful when it's hard. You got to be faithful late at night when you're crying. You got to remain faithful because obstacles are not optional. That job is not optional. Even if you got a new job, the new boss is not optional. School is not optional. Forgiveness is not optional. Winners understand that it's not optional. But it's an amazing thing when you can come on out. Don't even matter because you figured out all along that it was worth it. And you figured out that the giants never did matter. Um, the pressure never did matter. The, the lack never mattered. Because you serve a God of the supernatural. The persecution never mattered. The critics never mattered. They still don't matter. And what you come to find out is that God has equipped you to knock it out of the park. Obstacles, my friend, please listen. They are not optional. If there was a store of life, we love Trader Joe's, we love Safeway, we love Target. Target for the fancy people. It's my study spot, actually. Never go to Barnes and Nobles. And don't show up there now that I told you about this. This is a secret. It's not a secret anymore. Barnes and Noble, all that. No, Starbucks, no. Go to Target. There's no one ever there. They're buying coffee. They're in and out. They're shopping. If there was a store of life, and you said, you know what? I need something from the winning owl. You know what you're going to find on the shelves? Products marked with the word obstacles. They don't want this word, Jesus. Because we want to win, but we don't want to face our giants. And so this is the thing here, is that every obstacle is a God-given opportunity in disguise. Every obstacle, every argument, Every time you come, 6 a.m. for my superheroes, and you serve the Lord, and you set up this church, God is, he's training you, and he's testing you at your job. Our millennial generation has to understand this. Whether your boss is someone worthy of honor and respect, the Bible says honor those that are in authority over you. Because it's not your boss that's going to promote you. It's God that's going to promote you. Obstacles are not optional. Numbers 13, verse 30, it says this. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once. It's my boy Caleb. His name means wild dog, actually, in the Hebrew. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We certainly, we can certainly conquer it. So let, let's do some, some studying here. Egypt, um, when they were in Egypt for 400 years as slaves, they were on a consistent diet of garlic, leeks, and onions, fish, cucumber, and melons. 
garlic, leek, onions, fish, cucumber, and melons. And they're in the wilderness now. And God is giving them what's called manna. And, and this is not a wilderness where there's like a rainforest or there are a lot of animals. The wilderness in the Hebrew actually means drought. So they are in a desert. Dust, dirt, hot during the day, cold at night. And so he's releasing manna from heaven. This is the bread of heaven. This is also a type of Jesus. Because Jesus said that your ancestors, when he came on the scene, he told his Jewish people, your ancestors ate manna from heaven. That manna did not fill them, but I am the bread of life. And so this is a shadow and a typology of Christ. So he dropped manna six days out of the week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He didn't drop it on Saturday. He gave them a double portion on Friday. He gave them just enough in the wilderness. So the promised land, we have pomegranates, uh, grapes, figs, all these amazing things. The thing about Egypt, garlic, leek, and onions, is that they are what you call annuals. You have to replant them every year. And so the Egyptians spoon-fed them three squares per day, just what they needed, so that they could continue to be slaves and, and, and work uh, forced labor and all that stuff. God was taking them to a place of perennials. Perennials you plant once, and those suckers produce fruit for years and years and years. This is the thing. We can try to do a whole lot of stuff without God. And you're going to find yourself replanting, 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 replanting. And you're still not going to be full because you're still not trusting him. But Jesus, you make one faith decision. You stay planted. And you're going to produce fruit of joy, fruit of peace, fruit of victory for years and years and years. And so the other day, uh, we were leaving Whole Foods, and um, I got in the car. I didn't know Kyra purchased this stuff. She does this quite often. Um, <laughs> husbands, you feel me? We got in the car. Boyfriends, you'll find out. Um, we got in the car, and I started smelling around like... I even got out and went around Judah... Took off my shoe. I'm like, this is a god awful smell. She's already, she was already in the car. I look down at the, uh, by the whatever the clutch, and I see a small bottle of apple cider vinegar. And I get it. You, you take it for health purposes. I'm like, hey, did you take your shoes off? Like, what's going on? And I see a small bottle. And I said, oh no, not the apple cider vinegar. My grandma used to drink vinegar, and I knew she did it for health reasons, but come on now, vinegar? Who, who likes the smell of vinegar? If you do, please, we'll see you later. No. <laughs> who doesn't like the smell of vinegar? And then the other day, uh, the next day, I'm in the kitchen, and here I go again, forgetting. I look over on the kitchen table. It's the small bottle of apple cider vinegar. And so point number three is this. Winners understand when enough is enough. <laughs> Caleb said we can certainly conquer this place by faith. He said I'm tired of smelling like onions, leeks, and garlic. I'm tired of eating 
coriander seed and we bake it into flat cakes. I'm tired of that stuff. I want to move on to more than enough. So he was saying where we are, enough is enough of the limitations, of the doubts, of fear, of, of, of my attitude, of a lack of gratitude. Enough, uh, uh, enough is enough of this addiction. Enough is enough of these unhealthy relationships. Enough is enough of being at this level where, where I currently am. He said, enough is enough. I don't want to smell like my past anymore. I don't want to smell like my defeats. I don't want to look like my defeats. I'm going on to something. I'm graduating. I'm moving forward. I'm moving to a higher income level. I'm getting healed. I'm, my influence is going to break out. And winners come to this place where it's like enough is enough. You got these 10 dudes talking about the walls and the giants. He's like, man, let's go and take this thing. Jesus has promises. Jesus has a purpose. We have power. God has already given it to us. Let's go and take this thing. We just got to trust in him and believe in him, and he's going to give it to us. Because it was something that he had already promised their ancestors 500 years previously. It was already theirs. But they were back and forth. They were okay with apple cider vinegar, garlic, leek, and onions, and fish. How demeaning, how degrading was that of the Egyptians? And then to know that we serve a God that loves us so much, he's going to take us from smelling like onions, garlics, and leeks to having pomegranates, grapes, figs, lushness, grass, water, fruitfulness. That's the God we serve. James Allen says this. He says this. He says, dream lofty dreams. And as you dream, so shall you become. Your vision is a promise of what you shall one day be. Your ideal is a prophecy of what you shall unveil. The reason God gave them a sample was because he wanted to appease their vision and their desire for greater. And he was also telling them that this only comes from my hand. You can't manufacture it. Only Jesus can give you this fulfillment. Only God. And he wanted them to have a vision, lofty. God wants you to dream lofty dreams. Like, if you think something's impossible, dream it. But if you can do it, chances are God has nothing to do with it. Because it requires no faith. It requires no press, no distance, no forward focus, no goals. But if it's outside of your capacity to perform, if it's lofty, it's God. So shall you become. So Caleb is like, enough is enough. When are you going to get fed up with the status quo? When are you going to be done existing? And understand that an obstacle is a God-given opportunity in disguise. And I don't care if I got to go under it, if I got to go over it, if I got to go around it, if 
I got to put some C4 to that sucker, that obstacle is going down. And winners understand when enough is enough. Okay, y'all, a lot of y'all want to hear about Jesus. Okay, so um, Garden of Gethsemane. He, he, he's in the garden, and he's about to go to the cross. And um, he prays. Uh, the, the Bible says that he is uh, sweating drops of blood. This is a condition in, called hematohydrosis, where you're under such duress and such stress, where your, your, your um, capillaries burst, and your blood seeps into your sweat glands. He's so stressed out that he's about, to, he, he's about to be whipped with a cat of nine tails, and his insides are going to be exposed, and he's going to be bare naked, and, and he's going to get a crown of thorns. And he's like, God, look, I, I know they're coming to get me, but Father, if, if there is another way, please, God, please, Father, let it be another way. And he says this, but not my will, but your will be done. And he undergoes the, the beating and the spitting and the battering. The crucifixion is the most degrading thing that, that you can do to any human. He undergoes that, and he goes up on a cross for me and you. And so the Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, he despised the shame. For the joy that was set before him, he said, enough is enough. I'm going to endure this cross. I'm going in the grave. And on the third day, I shall rise because I love these people. The sin of the world is on me. And whoever shall have faith in me shall not ever die, but you shall live forever. And he says this in John 10, 10, those that believe in the son of God, I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly, that they will have a rich and a satisfying life. So whenever you're ready to consider this enough, Jesus has already been ready. He's already ready to go. You can consider this enough, and you can go on to everything that God has for you. So enough is enough. Enough is enough. We got to finish the series out strong, right? And so Numbers 13, 31, 33, and we're going to head home here. It says this, but the other man who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land amongst the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw there were huge. We even saw giants, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought, too. The winner finally comes to understand that my greatest opponent is self. The winner understands that my greatest opponent is self. It's what's on the inside of me that betrays me. And so I love this because Moses never told them Moses told them to assess the land. He never told them to assess if they could conquer it. So they came back with the fruit, report how good Jesus is. And sometimes we out-talk ourselves out of the blessing of God. He never said, tell me if we can do it. Because it was given to them. God never told you to tell him if he could bless you. We got to understand that 
our greatest opponent is self. Is self. And so ask yourself this, what am I talking myself out of right now that God has called me to pursue? What do I need to pray in this season that God wants to bless? What relationships is God calling me to that I've been backing down from, knowing that if I enter those relationships, it's going to be the best possible option for me? Our greatest opponent is self. Don't talk yourself out of God's best for your life. Trust God. Trust God. Hey, let's go ahead and pray. Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you. We give you all honor and praise and glory. We thank you, Lord, that we are winners and we are victorious, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you love us. We thank you, Lord, that you're calling us to believe in greater and better. We told you, we love you, Jesus, and we ask that you would continue to touch our hearts and touch our minds, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would set us free from those areas that are holding us down and holding us back from your provision, from your power, from your will for our lives. God, we repent of sin. and We turn to you, Lord. Father, I ask for a special blessing on every person in here, that I pray that we would adopt the winner's mentality, Jesus, that we would come to a place where we understand that winning in you is as good as it looks, that we would be steadfast in our faith, Lord, that we would consider it that obstacles are not optional. So whatever obstacle that we're facing in this room today, Lord, I pray that you would bless and that you would give strength. God, I pray that you would give perspective. And ultimately, God, I know that every person in here can and will come out victorious on the other side of that obstacle. Father, I pray that we would adopt the attitude of enough is enough. Enough is enough of bowing down to our limitations. Enough is enough of us, that part of us that's keeping us from your perfect will, Jesus. Enough complaining, enough bickering, enough negativity. Lord, we repent and we turn to you, and we ask that you would fill our hearts with faith. God, that you would fill our hearts with expectation. Lord, as we dive into your word, that you would fill our hearts with truth, and that we would trust that truth, and you would show up in a mighty way. Jesus, we love you, and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.